Good evening. Oh, thank you. Um, and I haven't been up here since it got this hot, so bear with me. It's a good thing I wore black. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was a good song to kind of lead into this. It's all about it's all about Jesus, and really, what I want to kind of focus on tonight is uh, our service and what it means to be a servant, um, and that He really needs to be the focus of that service, um, and it needs to be unto Him. So, I don't know if it'll be beneficial to have you guys turn to any specific scripture because I'm going to be hopping around a lot. Um, but there's a couple that if you want to turn to them, you can, because I'll be in them. Uh, Romans 6, I'll be in Philippians 2, and I'll be in Ephesians uh, 2 as well. So, if you want to kind of put your finger in some of those, because I'll be hitting on all those. Um, let me pray before we get started here. So, Father, I just thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to just come in this place, Lord, and worship you and to learn more about you. And to encourage each of us, Lord, in our walks with you, Father. So I just pray that um, you'd empty me of me, Lord, that you would speak through me. Um, that it would be your words and not mine. May I just get out of the way, Lord. And may you share what it is you've shared with me over this, over this study, Lord. So I pray that every ear would be open, every heart would be ready to receive, Lord, what it is that you have for us tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so what does it mean to be a servant? Um, well, as a definition, it's a person under authority of a master. Um, it's a devoted follower or supporter. Um, and another word that I'm going to be interchanging in here is also slave. Um, now, when, I, when, you, when someone hears the word slave, it's a very leaves a bitter taste in your, in your mouth um, because, of, because of history, because of what's happened, and because of, uh, especially even in this country in the 17th, 18th century, of, of just the, the whole slave movement and, and what that all entails. Um, it leaves a very bitter taste in our mouths. Uh, and yet, the Lord compares or contrasts our relationship with Him as one as a slave. Um, one as a servant unto him. And you can look at this and it, and it doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem to make sense. But, in very, but it's very much so true. And it comes down to this simple fact of it depends on who the master is. If the master is God, it's good to be his slave. If the master is anyone else, anything else, it's not good. And it's going to lead to death and it's going to lead to destruction. It's going to lead to the bitter taste in our mouths. Um, but when I think of the word uh, slave and, or even the word servant, uh, the, the picture that comes to mind besides all this gruesome history and all that, it's really the one of a parent. Um, having, being a new father, uh, I got an 11-month-old, you really take on this aspect in your life that your life is no longer your own. You know, have this child, you know, have this infant. Uh, you're on his time. Uh, he tells you when he needs to get changed. He tells you when he needs to get fed. He tells you when he's tired, when he's going to go to bed, when he's going to wake up, and even what you're going to do in that day. Um, the other Sunday, Kendra and I had the privilege of uh, having someone come and babysit Judah, and we went to the shooting range. I love shooting, um, and I love to take my wife shooting. 
Um, that was the first time we were able to do it. But how much I would love to do that like every Sunday. But I can't because, you know, there's this kid and I gotta take, we got to take care of him. And he can't come to the shooting range. His little ears are going to explode if he's in there, you know. So you gotta, I can't bring him with me. So like, you, but he's there and he, and he demands our attention. He demands our attention. So, and not to say, I mean, when, when I'm really saying, I'm really saying Kendra's the servant. What do I really do? I, not much. Like, she's the one that's getting up, and she's the one that's feeding. She's the one that's changing diapers. You know, I change my fair share, you know, but nothing to the extent that she does. Um, and she'll remind me of it, you know? So, it's good. <laughs> so, this relationship of, 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 a, of a slave master, servant master, this relationship... Now, in Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Now, God paints a very different picture of what it means to be a servant. What it means, the word he uses here is bondservant, someone willingly coming under the authority of someone else. And this is what Jesus does with the Father. He willingly puts himself under the authority of the Father and allows him to be his life in him, allows him to be the ministry that needs to go forth through him, and then inevitably gives his life over to him to be able to save us, to be able to serve us. He served us with his life. And he put... All the way to the cross, to the death on the cross. So, and, and in the end there, if you catch it, he's glorified. He's lifted up. He brings glory to the Father. So, this, so Jesus, who comes as a bondservant to the Father, is now high and lifted up. And that's the, that's the perspective we have to have of what it means to be a slave, what it means to be a servant of, of, the, of the true and living God. It's, it's, a, it's a position that that God lifts up, that we may, as we look on to it, as we look on to the aspect of serving, of, of, uh, of doing something for someone else, even the word servant can have a negative connotation. You can look at it and you can be like, oh, it's, they're, they're, a servant is someone less than, is someone who picks up after, is someone who, whatever. Um, but not to God. Not to God. It's, it's a high and lifted up position. And, and one that Jesus came and humbly took on himself to show us that it is the position to be desired. <clears throat> now, he made himself a servant in order to save our lives. Now, as us being humans, we were created, and we are created for a purpose, and our purpose was to worship the true and living God. We are to serve Him. We are to give our lives over to Him. If we're not giving it over to Him, we're giving it over to something else. To someone else, something else. Name it, whatever it is. But we were made for that specific purpose. And if it's not Him, it will be something else. Romans 6.16 says, Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? 
if you catch it there, it's who you present yourself over to. He says, do you not know that whom you present yourself to, slaves to obey, you are that one slave. We present ourselves to something. We give ourselves over to something. Um, and if it's not God, it's something that will destroy. It's, it's sin. It's leading to death. For me, it was addiction. Um, I gave my life willingly over to this, thinking that it was the answer, thinking that it was life, thinking it was what I needed to succeed, to, to go forward, to, to quell the pain, to numb the emotions, to numb all these things. I thought it was helping, but it leads only to death. But I gave myself over to it. I gave myself willingly over to it. For you, for me, what do we give ourselves over willingly? That is not Jesus. That is not God. Whatever it is, it's going to lead to death. It's going to lead to death. So since He's created us to worship, and since we need to worship something, and it needs to be the true and living God, and not these other things like a career our family even, or um, money, all these things. <laughs> if, the, if the hierarchy's wrong, our walk is going to be wrong, our relationship's going to be wrong, everything's going to be wrong. If we put family first, if we put money first, if we put a career first, if we put, name it, whatever it is, whatever it is, it's going to be wrong. There, it, needs to, it needs to all come from God. God needs to be the center of it, of our service, of our, of our, of our, um, of our service to those around us and of our service unto Him. He needs to be the center of it. So who do we serve? Well, you can't serve two masters. So my question unto you is, who do you serve? I serve, who I serve now is, the, is our Lord Jesus Christ. And if I serve Him, He's a good, good Father. Like I said, the perception of being a slave to a master, you need to know who the master is. So who is the master? Who is my master? My master is Jesus Christ, and he's a good, good father. He's full of mercy, full of grace, full of love for us, and he laid down his life for us. <clears throat> Ephesians 2, 4 through 10 says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the age to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So now that we've come to an understanding that we are to worship someone, we are to worship something, there's three questions. Who do we worship? Why do we worship? And then how do we worship? Or, who do we serve? Why do we serve? How do we serve? Who do I serve? Well, it's Jesus Christ. And now, why do we serve? Why do we serve is probably the most important reason or the most important aspect of, of, of our service. Because if you don't have a why, you don't have a motivation, you don't have a, uh, a passion for this person, for this thing, then it's going to be service unto, no, unto nothing. <clears throat> so the why is very important here. And it's very simple. 
is because of what He's done for us. It's because His great love for us, which in Ephesians, in Ephesians here it says, His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses. So, even when I was dead in my, even when I was in my sin, in in the midst of being a heathen of heathens, this drug addict, this this person going nowhere, this destroyer of families, this name it, he saved me. This is the why behind my service. This is the why I desire to lay my life, the why we should desire to lay our lives down before him and say, Lord, my life is now yours. Lord, I am now your slave. Lord, Lord I am now all yours because you gave everything for me. That's, it's got to come from that. It's got to come from the why. And grace, it's a free gift. It's a free gift. Salvation is a free gift. <clears throat> and that has to be how we understand it, as a gift. And that is something to be earned. If we can grasp it as a gift, if we can grasp it as I've done nothing for it, then my service comes from a gratitude. It doesn't come from a works-based mentality. It doesn't come from to earn or to gain more, but it comes from a gratitude of, of, of understanding who He is. There needs to be a motive behind it. Those that um, become soldiers or those that become police or those that become doctors or those that become teachers, um, they have a motivation behind it. Um, those that are really good at it have a, have a motivation, and it's to either... Uh, policemen to uphold the law, soldiers to protect their country, um, name it whatever it is. But as disciples of Jesus Christ, if we're whatever you are, whatever the Lord's called you to be in, in, in this life, a soldier, let's say, a police officer, a teacher, um, uh, a fast food worker, whatever it is, if that motivation isn't Him, the service is going to be empty. We're not going to be able to be the light that uh, he calls us to be in, this, in, in the community or, or to the people that we're around. Um, so the motivation has to be pure, and it has to be, it has to be, it has to be him and the work that he's done on the cross. And it's a challenge every day to remind ourselves. For, for me, it's a challenge every day for me to remind myself of, of when I get up. Like, what am I going to dedicate this day to? Am I going to dedicate it to myself, my selfishness, the flesh? I don't know if that's me. Uh, the, the flesh, am I going to dedicate it to that? Or am I going to dedicate it to Him because of what He's done for me? And, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm just telling you, it's a lot easier of a day. It's a lot smoother of a day when it's, when it's given over to Him. When, it's not, when I'm not groping at every moment to serve myself, to, to, to serve self, to, to gratify the flesh. It's a lot smoother of a day. But there has to be that passion there, and that passion has to come from a love from, for Him. And He gives us everything to, to, to fulfill that passion for Him. He, he died on the cross for us. He, he, he went and, and laid down His life to be able to redeem my life. He gives it, he gives it over to us, it, and He gives it over to me. Am I going to receive it? Are we going to receive it? <clears throat> you know, you receive salvation... You know, that's a moment in time, but then there's a, there's a building of a saint over a lifetime, and, and that comes from every day receiving that, that gift, receiving that understanding of, of where now I sit in Christ, the gratitude now that I have to be sitting in that position, and what he's done, and what he's leading me into. <clears throat> it is hot up here. But it's okay. Got some water. Four bottles. And I all might be gone. <clears throat> Romans six twenty two. 
uh, through 23. Now, to continue on with the why, in my, in my life of addiction, in my life of sin, in when I was a heathen, there's things that I was looking for in life. There's things that I was looking for. And I was looking for freedom, freedom from this addiction, freedom from this um, life leading towards death. I was looking for life, not only life eternal, but life abundant. I was looking for what happens when I die, I don't know. Um, I was looking for peace growing up in a, in a broken home of, of a divorced parent and uh, a lot of yelling. And, and that's kind of just how you talk to each other. It's just that you're, you start to yell and then you're communicating and you're having a conversation. Well, it's not normal to other people. You don't yell to communicate. Um, so I was looking for peace. And, but foremost and most importantly, I was looking for love. I was looking for a love that I could feel, a love that I could understand, um, being coming from a divorced home and dad dying when I was 12, I didn't understand the love of a father. I didn't understand what that is, that, what that is or, or could be or, or what people were talking about when they talked about it. So I was searching for that love. But that freedom that I was, that I was talking about, uh, I just want to go into that. And it's, and it's in Romans 6. It says, But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have, you have your fruit towards holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So my answer was Jesus. As, as I went to rehab and I was looking for uh, the answer to life, I found it and it was Jesus. And, and the answer to, to that freedom from, from the bondage of addiction, it was Jesus. And, and he gave it to me and he gave it to me freely as a free gift from what he did on the cross for me. So I found my freedom and I found it in Christ. Now, life eternal, John, John 11, 25-26 says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever, loved, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Derek, do you believe this? That through, through belief in me, through, through a love for me, through an understanding of what I did on that cross for you, do you believe now that you have eternal life? Now that you live forever with me, do you understand this? Yes, Lord, I do. Life Abundant, John 10.10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Talk about abundant life. From, per- from someone who came from a life of sin and debauchery to a life now filled with a wife, a son, a house, a spiritual family up here that is unlike any other, um, a job, a place to rest my head, uh, people that surrounded me that love me. And talk about life abundant, one that's centered in Him, one that now because I've given it over to Him, because I've decided to make myself a slave unto Him um, because of what He's done for me, He now has given me abundant life. And, and one that I couldn't think of, of myself. I remember sitting there in, uh, in rehab and just thinking, like, what am I going to do? What am I going to be? What's going to... And planning all these things and, 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 and this and that. And none of it touches what I have now. None of it touches it because it's not my plan. It's His plan. And that's why it can't, it can't be touched because it's, it's so good because it's in Him. This life of service that I live now, this life of service unto Him... The motivation comes from the cross. The motivation comes from the freedom. The motivation comes from the life that He gives me eternal and He gives me abundant and the peace. 
John 16.33 says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In Him, I will have peace. Growing up in that home and not understanding what it means to communicate with someone civilly, not understanding um, not understanding the peace that I can have in each and every day, in every situation, um, the peace that I can have standing up here in front of you, um, in front of a crowd full of people that half of them I don't really know their names. Um, okay, maybe a little less than half. Uh, I'm really bad with names, but less than half. Uh, <clears throat> but that He can be that peace for me. He can bring me that peace every day. Um, and though um, that's not to say that, the, that today I don't wake up, and today there's not trials, today there's not tribulation, today there's not things that happen in my life that, would, that could cause me to stumble, that could cause me to say, No, Lord, I'm going to do it on my own. Let me figure it out on my own. It's not to say that those things don't happen. Um, but there's a peace that surpasses understanding. Uh, there's something going on in, in my life right now in my immediate family back in New Jersey that, um, that would really cause someone to not have peace. Because there's an unknown, there's a not knowing of what's going to happen. I don't really want to get into much detail of it because it's not my story to tell. Um, but in it, I can, I cannot. I can find myself in a place of of, of wonder and of, of Lord, why? What are you doing? Why this? Um, and yet, I can sit there and have peace that surpasses all understanding. That today I don't know why I don't find myself weeping over it. Um, that I, that today I don't know why. I can be up here and talk about it without crying, but other than I can tell you this, that it's Jesus. That it's Him. It, 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 that it's His peace in me. And I, and I can give that over as much as I can to my sisters who aren't saved, that I can, I can show them that, that there's this peace to have, um, and it's in Him, and, and you might not know what's going to happen, and this person might never be the way that they, that, that they were or, or that they have been, that they might be different for the rest of their life, but you can have peace in it, knowing and being grateful for the time that you had with this person. Um, and, and you can have peace here and right now in the midst of the situation. So peace. Peace was another motivating factor of why I came to serve Jesus. And love. Ultimately love. Love was what I was looking for. Um, knowing, knowing it or unknowing it. Unknowing it, if that's a word. Um, we all are searching for this love. We're all searching for this. We're groping for this. Since we were born, we're groping for it. I mean, Judah cries in the middle of the night when he wakes up and he just wants to be held. He, he feels afraid. He wants to be loved. Uh, we all, it's innate in us to desire it. There's a hole in us that needs to be filled. It needs to be filled by Jesus. Um, but we search for this love. And, 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 and John fifteen thirteen says, Greater love has no one than this. And to lay down one's life for his friends. And tonight, being communion, how perfect. Um, Jesus, who laid down his life for us to, to have life, 
to be restored to a relationship with God, and then through that, all those things to be set free, to have life eternal, to have life abundant, to have peace, to have joy, and to have all these things. He laid down his life for us. He came as a bondservant for us to do whatever the Father had him do, to heal, to preach, to stay up late, to wake up early, to pour his life out for those around him, for the twelve, for, for, for everyone, for me. <clears throat> that has to be the motivation to surrender my life as a slave to him. That's the motivation. The motivation is the why. The why is the cross. Why do I serve the cross? Why do I find myself laying my life down for him? It's the cross. It's because he laid down his life for me. And knowing all that, having his word, having him speak to me directly through his word and giving me this, I won't stop serving. We shouldn't stop serving. As, and as hard as we think it might get, I, I ask myself, how hard would it be without him? If I think this is hard, he says, my, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. If I think that this is hard, imagine, I, I tried it. I tried life without him. I tried doing those things. I tried being an employee. I tried being a brother. I tried being a son. I tried, and it, 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 in myself, it got me addicted. <clears throat> so I won't stop serving him, and we shouldn't stop serving him. We should always wake up every day choosing to serve our Lord because of what he's done for us. And all this brings me to Romans 12.1. <clears throat> Paul writes, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's reasonable. It's reasonable that I would lay my life in front of Him. I would lay my life in front of the cross saying, Lord, whatever it is, whatever it is, waking up early, going to bed late, six days a week, seven days a week, whatever it is, Lord, it's yours. Because I know days didn't matter to you, time didn't matter to you, it was life, and, and, and you were living life, and you were, and you were trying to bring life to us. It's reasonable. It's reasonable that I would give him all of me. And, and when I think of that, he doesn't, just, he doesn't want my strength. He doesn't want me to bring what I'm good at. He doesn't want me to bring uh, that I'm a very detailed person, and, and I can see this and see that. He doesn't want that. What he wants is just me. Just me empty. Me as a vessel, me of, of uh, something empty that he can then fill with him. That's what he wants, and that's what I'm to bring him. Because we're not to bring him anything. We can't bring him. I can't bring him anything. I have nothing to bring. But he has everything to give. So if I'm willing, if, 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 if I've made myself a vessel for him, if I've, if I've opened up my heart to receive whatever it is that he has for me, then I can be that servant. I can be that servant unto those around me and unto him. And then he can start to use the talents that I bring. When it's him, through them, not me. My life is his. It's the only reasonable response I have because he's a good, good father. It can be scary, though. It can definitely be scary taking your life and just lying it there. 
and being like, Lord, whatever it is. Because in my mind, you know, I have this understanding of, you know, I had a little bit of an understanding of what it means to have a father. Like, he showed up all the time in baseball, but he was either drunk or this or that. Um, I have a little bit of an, of an understanding of that and to where if you spill the milk at the table, he just might snap. He just might scream. And to lay my life down before someone like that is a scary thing. But that's not who I lay my life down before today. I lay it down before the good, good father. And you got to know who you lay it down in front of. you got to know who you lay it down. So it, it could be a scary thing if you don't understand the master that you serve. And all I know is that the master that I serve is on my side. He has good for me. He desires good. He desires to bless he desires to save, and he desires to use, to use me. That's the God that I serve. That's my master. So it's, it's scary until, you, I, until we can gain that perspective of who he is. And that's why the why is so important. That's why if, the, if you get nothing else from this, then leave with the question to yourself, why do I serve God? Why did I make the choice to become his disciple? Why? And search it out on your own. Answer it for yourself. Allow him to minister you through his word on your own. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to what I have to say. But go and search it. Go ask him. Go in prayer. Lord, why? And he's faithful to reveal it. <clears throat> and now, as we look here, I, I want to go a little bit into, into, into how we would serve how we would serve him. But first off, in Matthew 4, 10, uh, sorry, chapter 4, verse 10, it says, Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone you shall serve. Him alone. Going into how we worship, the answer is, it's simple. It's, it's through his Holy Spirit. But if you have anything else on the throne of your heart, if you have anything else on the throne of your heart, he cannot serve through you. You will not know, you will not be able to serve. I will not be able to serve if anything else is on the throne other than the Holy Spirit. So I, I am to have no other gods before him. He is to be my one. He is to be my true. He is to be my only. And then through that, I can lay my life before him and he can serve through me. Knowing that it's not me, but it's him. <clears throat> It's that, it's that still small voice when I find myself walking into Mudman in the morning and the still small voice of, hey, ask so-and-so how they're doing. Hey, you should go check on the fries that are in the fridge. It's very important. Hey, you should... Walk over here. Hey, you should look into this. Hey, you should go and talk to this customer. It's the still small voice. It, it, it's how do I serve? I listen to it. I obey it. I walk in it. <laughs> I find it for myself, at least, it's very easy to quiet that still small voice out of fear of of going and asking, of what that's going to open up, of I'm not going to have the answers for this person, of what they're going to ask me, or what that... I can go check on the fries all day. I can go... I'll go check the uh, the sewage pipes all day. I'll go... Lord, speak more to me like that, and I'll go, and I'll be obedient to it. But that's easy for me. 
It's not easy for me to go and ask someone, hey, how are you doing? No, really, how are you doing? Because I can say good too, and really it's, you know, I got something going on. It's not easy, but am I going to be obedient to that? Am I going to be obedient to that still small voice? As ridiculous as it might sound to go and to do something, just be obedient to it. Jesus was obedient all the way to the cross. Imagine that still small voice in him. No, there's no other cup. No, this is the cup. This is the cup. Yeah, you're going to drink this one. So our service is, it's done through His Holy Spirit. How do I serve through His Holy Spirit? Through being filled. Acts 2, uh, verse 1 here says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing, of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as on fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I can just imagine myself in that room and just the power that came sweeping through that room. Uh, a great and mighty wind, a, a rush that just came in. And, and that's the Spirit we're to be filled with. One with power, one with authority, one with the ability to do what He's called us to do. Um, that's the Holy Spirit. It's a still small voice, but it's a mighty shout when it's, when it's obeyed and walked out by us. Because we're that light to those that are around us. <clears throat> now, in how we serve, we, we could find ourselves not necessarily operating from the why, but operating to gain the why. And this is where for myself at least, I can, I can find myself getting stuck. Uh, it's very easy for us to be and to fall into a religious act, into, into doing it to gain it, to do it to gain it. But it's so contrary to what he says in his word. There's nothing we can do to gain anything from him. We have nothing. All we are to do is to receive we could even, and it's so subtle, we could, we could be like, oh, Lord, you know, I woke up extra early for you. And you're not saying this to him, but you're kind of thinking it as you're going through your day. It's like, I woke up real early. Man, I went and talked to that person. You know, you're going to bless me today. You know, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And you can start having, you know, keeping tallies of what you've done. Like, Lord, you should probably bless me like this much, you know. Cause I'm, and we're not really having that dialogue, but somewhere down in our heart, we're keeping a checklist. We're keeping some of like, Lord, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. You know, I really give me a powerful prayer now because I've done this, 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 and this. When that's not why we're to serve. We're not to serve to gain anything from Him. He's, he's, he's literally standing there like this. Just take it. Receive it. You don't have to do this, this, and this. I want you to do that because of what you've just received. I want you to do that because of what I've done. And I will do that through you. I will be that through you. Derek, I will do that through you. I will be that through you. Just receive it. Know that I want to give it. Know that you don't have to earn it. (laughs) 
and how I said that this is like so unknowingly that this could come upon us or that this can can be happening to us and you can find yourself in it. and there's times where the Lord will just reveal it to me and he's like stop it and then I go before him and I'm like Lord forgive me this, this needs to all be for because of what you've done for me and it's not to gain anything Lord but it's just simply to lay my life before you and say use it Lord because you've already given me heaven you've given me eternity you've given me life you've given me love you've given me peace you've given me freedom this it's yours but it's, it's built in us as a young, and I'm, I'm kind of like looking back, I'm like, it's built into us when we're young, and I look at Judah, and he's like just starting to walk now. So he's taking a step here, he's taking a step there. And, we're, and like he takes a step, and we're like, yeah, good job, buddy, like you're, you're amazing, you're awesome. And it's just like, he's kind of getting it, and it's like, well, if I take a step, they're happy. Well, if I do this, I'm going to get that. You know, if I do that, I'm going to get this, you know. Uh, and, and, as, and as children, we learn like you do good, and then you get good. But with Jesus, with God, it's, you did bad, here's good, receive the good, and now walk in the good. It's different. You don't do good to gain the good. He's, he's, you were doing bad. I was doing bad. I was a sin, sinful heathen, addicted to drugs. And he says, yeah, you're bad, but here's good. Here's my son on the cross. Receive it. And now walk in it and now serve. Serve me. Because there's no one else worthy of our service. There's no one else worthy of, of the acts that we do throughout the day, of anything. No one else is worthy other than Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and the way we serve is through His gifts. It's through Him. The picture that I'm trying to paint for all of us tonight is that we need to take ourselves out of it. We need to, our, our act of service, our lives need to be simply laid before Him because of what He's done for us. Like, that's it. And then, there, and then bitterness will not show up. Um, complacency will not show up. Um, tiredness. All these things that could come through serving for any other means other than the cross... will give us nothing, will make us tired, will make us discontent where we're at. It will do all those things, but if it's, if it's because of the why, it's because of the cross, it's good. It's then good service. I will then not grow weary. He will fill me with His strength. He will fill me with His endurance to be able to continue in the service that He has for me. And it's something I, I need to, to understand for myself at least. There was a point in becoming a new father and becoming a husband to where I started to become afraid and I started to to serve my family rather than God, to put them before what He's called me to. And it got me to a very bad place. It got me to making poor decisions. It got me to making, um, to doing stupid things. Uh, but I put them first where God should have been. When I should have just fully trusted and knowing that God, it's you first and then everything else. There's no hierarchy. There's no nothing else. It's just you and then it's everything else. Lord, I trust that my family is going to be, be raised in you through my obedient service to you. I trust that 
my relationship with my wife, Lord, that I will take every moment of, of the minutes that I have with her and I will take them not for granted, but I will fully invest into them um, through you, Lord, again, through you, not through me, because in me, that time will be for nothing and it will be of the flesh and it will be very bad. But through him, it could be very good and it could be a very beautiful relationship. It's to trust Him. It's to trust Him. It's to know the work of the cross, to trust Him, to know that He's a good, good Father. <clears throat> so in, in Luke 17, I told you there's no point in turning to any specific place. I'm kind of hopping all over. But... Uh, Continue on in Luke 17, it says in verse 5, it says, And the apostles said, apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. So the Lord said, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and, if you, and, it, and it would obey you. And which of you, having a servant, plowing or tending sheep, will say to him, When he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten it and drunk? And afterwards you will eat and drink. Does he thank the servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise, you, when you have done all these things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants, we have done what was our duty to do. This sobers me. This sobers me in the time of, of when I can start to take that tally list of what I've done for the Lord. This sobers me and says, no, it is, it's my duty. It's, it's simply out of an act of obedience because of what you've done, Lord. It, it, it centers me back into, into why I'm serving Him and to how I should serve Him. It's not to keep the tally list. It's not to gain anything from Him. But it's out of, out of a gratitude. One word, gratitude. So a servant, what does it mean? What does it mean to be a servant? Well, it can either leave a very bitter taste in your mouth or it can uh, leave a very sweet and joyous taste in your mouth. It depends on your master. Is your master Jesus or is it yourself? Is it the flesh? Is it whatever it is? Is it that or is it Jesus? It's sweet if it's Jesus. It's bitter if it's yourself. Allow it to be sweet. Allow it to be sweet. <clears throat> Who do I serve? I, see, I serve Jesus. I serve Jesus Christ. No one else, not myself, nothing else. Why do I serve Him? I serve Him because of what He's done. We're coming tonight to, to do communion, and, and, and no better reminder to know why I serve than communion, than to look at the cross and to see His body broken for me, His blood poured over, poured out, cleansing me of all my sins, there's no other reason than that. That's why. Now, how do I serve? Holy unto Him, fully by the, by the Holy Spirit, being nothing but an empty vessel, Lord, saying, Lord, use me as you, would, as you wish, whatever time of the day, whatever day of the week, whatever it is, use me, Lord, because of what you've done, not because of anything that I've done. And let me know at the end of it that it was just reasonable. 
It was just reasonable for me to lay my life before you because of what you've done for me. And that's what it means to be a servant. There's, there's nothing else that can be added to it. There's, when I go into his word to, to pick it apart, I'm looking for simplicity. I'm looking for, Lord, just, I just need simplicity in this. And it's, and it's serve me. Serve me because of what I've done. And allow me to be that, servant, that service through you. And that's it. So, for grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, tonight, as the worship team is going to come back up, we're going to, Pastor Steve's going to come back up and lead us in communion. Um, may we walk from this place in those good works that he's prepared beforehand for us. Let us walk in them by allowing him to be that through us. So, Father...